Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. We have ourselves another special episode. We're going to have a few of these now since we're in the NASCAR offseason. So make sure to sit back and relax and just turn up your headphones because we're going to be looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly of NASCAR history. Uh, Mostly the bad and ugly. So let's get into it. This is this week's episode on the Field Filler Podcast. In the last episode, we talked about this year's most infamous field filler in quite some time. Quinn Hoff experienced a lot of controversy due to his lack of experience in the lower series, poor results in the cup series, and bonehead moves that wrecked out plenty of other top-tier drivers. As bad as that was, it was nothing compared to the controversy that surrounded the 2010 NASCAR Sprint Cup Series Rookie of the Year, Kevin Conway. For those of you who don't know this award, the NASCAR Rookie of the Year Award is presented to the first year driver that has the best season in a NASCAR season. Some noticeable drivers who have claimed this award have been Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, Richard Petty, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, and Chase Elliott. That's just to name a few. Now, it's safe to say that there are some top tier drivers who have won this award. I mean, shoot, all those drivers I mentioned have won at least one championship. Then... There was Kevin Conway. Kevin Conway only ran 28 out of the 36 races in the 2010 season and would only run three races in the Cup Series after that, finishing last place in each of them. How is that even possible? How did this driver become Rookie of the Year and vanish from the NASCAR scene so quickly? Who was Kevin Conway and why did he cause so much controversy in the NASCAR racing world? Kevin Conway, like many other drivers, started his career at a very young age. Conway started racing at the age of 6, running in go-karts, winged midget cars, and even in motocross. At the age of 15, Conway became the youngest legend car driver to win a national championship in 1994. Because of this early success, Conway would move to Charlotte, North Carolina, where he would race late model stock cars in NASCAR's regional Dodge Weekly Racing Series. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know too much of this racing series. It's not even referenced on RacingReferences.com. So I guess it was a series really, really low down at the bottom of the list that NASCAR just happened to hold. But either way, Kevin Conway was racing in the series. Between 2000 and 2009, Kevin Conway would run a sporadic amount of races in the lower series with some backmarker teams. One noticeable one was Rick Rear Racing, who owns four Cup Series cars to this day. One interesting ride that he landed with in 2007 was a part-time ride with Joe Gibbs Racing's number 18 Nationwide Series car. 
he was able to land a ride with a dominant Joe Gibbs team due to the fact that he had Z-Line Designs as a primary sponsor. Some would say that this is where it started to go wrong for Kevin Conway, not because he was running in top series equipment, I mean anybody could do great with top series equipment, but the fact was he was only getting picked up because of the sponsorship that he carried behind him, which would lead to a big problem and controversy in the top series to this day. His performance while running at Joe Gibbs was very disappointing as he was only able to score a top 20th place finish at California and had an average finish of 29.4. What's worse is by the end of the year, he was released from the team while his sponsor Z-Line stayed with GGR. I don't know about you, but that's almost like a landlord kicking you out of the place that you were renting and then also stealing your girlfriend in the process. He brought Z-Line and they kicked him out and kept Z-Line as a sponsorship. That's gotta be cold by Joe Gibbs Racing. Now at this point, most drivers would have been gone from the top series. I mean, if a driver cannot compete while in the best equipment, then that's a clear indication that they won't be able to make it. However, Kevin Conway would make a return into the sport a couple years later and it would be one of the most memorable returns for all the wrong reasons. Kevin Conway sat out the entire 2008 season, not running a single race in any of the top three divisions. However, Conway returned in 2009 running for the number 87 team with sponsorship from his male enhancement product Extends. In the most PG way that I can describe what kind of product that Extends was selling, it was bigger wee-wee pills. These magic pills were claimed to improve and arouse sexual experience for its users. It was basically a hilarious sponsor that got every 13-year-old fan and basically everyone else laughing about it. But we'll get back to this sponsor here in a little bit. Oh, don't you worry. All you gotta know at this point was this partnership with Conway and Extends was extremely appealing to a lot of the lower teams in the Nationwide Series. He would join the likes of R3 Motorsports, Rob Fuller Racing, and K Automotive Racing putting up at best subpar finishes. However, these teams were just excited to have a driver with sponsorship backing to be driving their cars. Hell, even TRG Motorsports gave him a chance to race their car in the Cup Series in 2009. However, he would miss making the field to make his Sprint Cup debut. Now this was very clear. Kevin Conway was still struggling to produce great results in the Nationwide Series at the time. But the thing was, these teams were looking at the big sponsorship backing by Extends that he had with him. It was almost irresistible for these teams to say no to this driver. You gotta remember that back then, most of these teams in the later 2000s and early 2010s were trying to find sponsorship in a time where the economy was at its worst. There were no companies looking to become sponsors for the declining sport. They would have killed to have a driver with sponsorship backing throughout the whole season. And here was this no-name driver repping seven-digit figures in sponsorship. It was just too hard to pass up for these teams. In 2010, the plan for Kevin Conway was for him to run the full season in the Nationwide Series. However, a bigger offer came to him at the beginning of the year. Front Row Motorsports, a fairly new startup team at the time, was starting to expand their team into a multi-car operation, and they offered Kevin Conway to pilot the number 37 car full-time for the team and run for the 2010 Rookie of the Year. There would be only one other driver running for the Rookie of the Year award, and that was Terry Cook who was running the small-funded team of Whitney Motorsports. 
Kevin Conway would also have Extend sponsor the car for the whole season, the only car on the team that would have full sponsorship throughout the whole season. This was absolutely insane since Conway had only raced a handful of races in the lower series before being offered a full-time ride in the Cup Series. It was so crazy that even NASCAR said, hey, this driver is way too green. He hasn't even ran a restrictor play race in any of the lower series. There's no way that we're going to let him race in the Daytona 500. Front Row Motorsports would oblige and substitute him for Travis Quaffle, another full-time Front Row Motorsports driver, and hand the number 34 car to the late racing veteran, John Andretti. Conway would have to wait to make his debut the following race at the Auto Club Speedway. The first four races for Conway did not pan out too well for the North Carolina driver. He would start on average 40th in those races and would have an average finish of 32nd. That was a big problem for the team as the team was doing everything they could to keep the fully funded driver inside the top 35 in owner points. This was super important due to the fact that if a team was in the top 35 in points, they would guarantee a starting spot regardless of how they qualified. Front Row Motorsports would make an emergency switch for the underperforming driver and put him in the number 38 car for the next five races. Unfortunately, Kevin Conway's finishes would not improve as he was starting to be tossed around in the Front Row Motorsports camp among the team's three cars in order to keep their extended sponsorship on the racetrack for race day. By the 22nd race of the season, Conway was still struggling as there would be only three races where he would finish on the lead lap and one race where he would have a top 20 finish. Conway's average finish was still 31st and every car that he would go to would fall down the owner points. It was getting so bad for Conway that news articles and reporters were starting to blame Kevin Conway as the reason why NASCAR teams were no longer supporting good drivers, but instead mediocre drivers at best with sponsors. James I from Bleacher Report had this to say at the time. If this continues to happen, NASCAR in the end will suffer with fields full of awful drivers who are only there because of sponsor likes him. It's no longer who the best driver is. The only saving grace that Kevin Conway had was that he was still leading the rookie of the year. Well, mostly because Terry Cook, his only competition, only qualified for three races up to this point and hasn't attempted a race since early June. Also another saving grace was that Extends was staying as a full-time sponsor. That is, until the June race in August. On August 13th, it was reported that Conway and Sponsor Extends parted ways with Front Row Motorsports after the Watkins Glen race and would have Tony Raines and Dave Planey replace him. Turns out that Extends partnership that Conway had backing him was not making any payments towards its $5.4 million sponsorship deal for Conway to drive the NASCAR Sprint Cup team. Front Row Motorsports would sue both Kevin Conway and his sponsor Extends for $2.754 million due to the lack of payment. Now why in the world was Extends not paying for its sponsorship agreement? Well, it was mostly due to the fact that Extends was dealing with its own legal problems outside the sport. It turns out that the makers of Extends, Biotab Nutraceuticals Incorporated, was dealing with a class action lawsuit the same year due to deceptive marketing. Remember earlier how we were talking about how Extends commercials were claiming that their product caused penis enlargement as well as improved or arousing sexual experience? Well, it turns out that that wasn't quite true. The claim lacked any credible scientific evidence that Extends would make your wee-wee bigger. 
causing them to pay $6 million in a settlement to dispute the claim. This money was supposed to go into their NASCAR program, but instead had to go into their settlements for false advertising. This caused Front Row Motorsports to not receive any payments for sponsorships at the time, causing another lawsuit for Biotab Nutraceuticals Incorporated. This would eventually deteriorate any chance of Kevin Conway returning to the team thus leaving the team to scramble for sponsorship for the rest of the 2010 season. As bad as this whole ordeal went down, it wouldn't take long for Conway to find a new ride in the 2010 season. A week after the whole front row motorsports debacle, it was reported that Conway and Extends would finish out the rest of the 2010 season with Robbie Gordon Motorsports, starting at Bristol. Robbie Gordon Motorsports was a team that has been around the sport since the early 2000s and was flirting around the top 35 in owner points. Now, by all means, this team was not a top performing team, which meant that any type of sponsorship would help the team move forward. He would step away from the driver's seat of the number 7 car and would give the car to Kevin Conway. Now, this seems like a very, very bad idea for Robbie Gordon and his team. I mean, literally a week ago, this driver and scummy sponsorship just screwed Front Row Motorsports out of millions of dollars in sponsorship, and you're expecting for them to change their ways in a matter of weeks? It just didn't make sense for anyone at the time, but they were in the same boat as Front Row Motorsports. They saw a driver that had a full sponsorship backing. How could they pass up on this opportunity? Well, unfortunately, Robbie Gordon would soon understand why Front Row Motorsports let go of Kevin Conway to begin with. Kevin Conway finished 30th or worse in all 8 of his attempts. What's worse is that after the second race at Auto Club Speedway, the team would almost fall outside the top 35 in owner points, taking away Robbie Gordon's guaranteed starting spot on race day. This would have immediate consequences for Robbie Gordon, as he was forced to jump back into the number 7 car and force Kevin Conway to only race in his secondary 07 car, where he would miss the race at Charlotte and be sidelined until the team would get back into the top 35 in owner points comfortably. Luckily for Gordon, he was able to get a good cushion between him and the team who was 36 in the owner points, and put Kevin Conway back into the 7 car for the season finale at Homestead, where he would finish 30th again. In the end, Kevin Conway would finished 35th overall in the driver standings and win the Rookie of the Year award over Terry Cook who ran only three races the entire year, making it the worst competitive Rookie of the Year battle in modern NASCAR history up to that point. Conway would have an average start of 40th, an average finish of 33rd, and hold a total of 9 DNFs, making him the worst driver to ever win the Rookie of the Year award. Oh my. To make matters worse for the newly crowned Rookie of the Year, Kevin Conway didn't have a ride lined up for the following season. Robbie Gordon Motorsports soon realized why Front Row Motorsports let go of the driver with a full-time sponsorship. Turns out that Extends was keeping some consistency going and decided not to pay up for sponsorship for Robbie Gordon Motorsports either. What? Gordon claimed that he was used and abused by the people who made Extends and claimed that the team owed him at least $690,000 for the sponsorship. However, Extends, unlike the Front Row Motorsports situation, said that they didn't need to pay Robbie Gordon as he was the one who drove the car instead of Kevin Conway for six races, thus breaching the contract. Turns out there was an agreement before Robbie Gordon got into the car that Extends would keep sponsoring the car no matter who was driving it, and then Extends said that they only agreed to sponsor the car when Kevin Conway was driving. It was a constant case of he said, she said between Robbie Gordon and Extends. Conway was also suing Gordon as well, as he said that Robbie Gordon withheld the $27,000 that he earned through the NASCAR Rookie of the Year award. 
It got so bad that Robbie Gordon allegedly assaulted Conway and put Gordon on indefinite probation. Yeah, this whole thing got really bad, really fast. At the end of it all, nobody won out of the whole ordeal. Front Row Motorsports was forced to find new sponsorship and drivers that would cover the rest of the season. Robbie Gordon had to deal with so many court cases with legal problems with Extends, as well as a lawsuit with both RGM with logo issues with his new energy drink, Speed, and with BAM Racing, the newest team that he decided to form an alliance with. Jesus, 2011 was really bad for Robbie Gordon. And that Kevin Conway was known as Kevin Conman and would not see a full-time ride in any of the NASCAR Top 3 series. What an utter disaster. So what happened to everyone involved? How did it all play out after this crazy 2010 season? Well, for Front Row Motorsports, they would continue on running a three-car operation for a couple more years until they decided to stay as a two-car operation. To this day, they still run the 34 car and the number 38 car. Robbie Gordon would be able to settle most of his court cases with RGM, Extends, and BAM Racing, and would run his number 7 car full-time again in the 2011 season, but would eventually close up his NASCAR team in 2012 due to lack of financial stability, thus ending his NASCAR career. He wouldn't be away from racing for too long, as that same year in June, he announced that he was founding a stadium truck racing series that he still runs to this day. As for Kevin Conway, he ran for Nemco Racing part-time in the Nationwide Series in 2011 and four races in the Cup Series where he missed the season opener at Daytona and finished dead last in each of the three races that he ran. He would eventually be let go at the end of the 2011 season after his average finish in the Nationwide Series was 22nd, thus making the Nationwide Series finale at Homestead his final race in his NASCAR career. As for Extends... Well, they would never sponsor another car in the NASCAR Cup Series again, and would come under scrutiny again in 2018 by the FDA. Man, this company has always been shady. Never trust those penis enlargement advertising kids. They will blue ball you like no other. Pun entirely intended. So where is Kevin Conway now? Well, believe it or not, he is still racing to this day. Not in the NASCAR Series, of course, but rather in the Blank Pain Super Tofrio Championship League, which runs one make, and that's Lamborghini. He's actually doing pretty good, too. Winning two championships in the North American Series in 2013 and 2014, as well as the World's Championship in 2015. As for a second NASCAR run, he told the reporter back in 2015 that he misses the sport and hopes to one day get a second chance. As for now, he hasn't raced in any of the top three series in the last nine years. Only time will tell if Kevin Conway will ever return to the sport. For now, he will be known as one of the most controversial drivers in NASCAR history. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really do enjoy it when I see these episodes get a lot of viewership because these ones in particular mean the most to me because they take the most time, they take a lot of research. Well, maybe not too much research, but still, I put a lot of hard work into these ones and I just really like it when I just see people just tune in just to listen to these stories that I've made. I, I just really love it and I appreciate you guys so much. 
and I do apologize for the schedule being very wonky. There's been a lot of stuff going on since it's the holidays picking up. I'm doing my best to try to get everything in order. At worst, we will have one episode every single two weeks, whether it's news, whether it's one of these special stories. I'm going to make sure that I don't leave you guys hanging for too long. But overall, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill out the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take my car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.